Matthew 25, beginning with verse 14. Now, in verse 13, here's what Jesus said. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. And we don't. He says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for... Tonight, thank you for allowing us the privilege of being in your house to sing your praises, to pray to you, to look at your word. And Father, you just illuminate our hearts and our minds with your Holy Spirit. Teach us what you would have us to learn. Let us apply it to our lives and let us grow from it. And when we leave this place, we will truly say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, There was a newspaper that carried a story out of... uh, 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 Miami or West Palm Beach, Florida. And uh, it was about the, that uh, it was way back when uh, uh, B.J. Stryker, some cop show, was on uh, the TV. And, and these folks, they had a beautiful uh, manicured yard, sort of a mansion right there uh, on the beach. And they gave permission for the TV crew to use their yard to film this TV show, knowing that there'd be car crashes and explosions and this and that and the other. And uh, so the filming was going on, and sure enough, they was blowing up the yard here and car crashes there and different things. And all at once, uh, the police showed up and shut them down. And they said, well, what's wrong? We have permission. And they said, oh, no, those that gave you permission are tenants. They don't own the house. And so they didn't get to finish filming it 
at that location. Now, I'm afraid a lot of us are that way. We live with the mistaken impression that this life is ours to live. It's not. It belongs to God. And we're to live how he wants us to live. See, we are responsible for what God has given us. Just as in this story, we're responsible not for everybody else's talents, not for what everybody else has, but for what God has given us. And so I want to look at this and see what we can see tonight. The first thing I see is in verses 14 and 15. Notice there is God's love. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. He called his own servants, delivers goods to them. And to one he gave five, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. You see, when I talk about God's love, realize that, that first of all, there is trust. See, the ancient Near Eastern custom was a lot of times these guys would treat their, their, their servants as like business partners or family. And they knew their servants. They knew what they were capable of. And when they got ready to travel and maybe live in a foreign country for a while, they would disperse their, their, their wealth uh, for these servants to manage and to take care of. And so that's what's going on in this picture. It's, it's a matter of trust. And so, see, in God's love, he, he trusts us. You see, he's given each one of us a talent. See, in our day, a talent means some special ability that you have. In that day, a talent was a measure of money. It was a measure of weight, actually. And a talent of gold was worth more than a talent of silver. A talent of silver worth more than brass or copper. But it was a measure of weight. It's, it's the weightiness of what you have. Now, let me tell you what we have. The weightiness we have that God has entrusted us with is the gospel of Jesus Christ. There was no plan B. He said, you shall be witnesses unto me, unto Judea, Samaria, or Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. There wasn't a plan B. We're the ones entrusted with the gospel of Jesus as his servants, he gave that to us. In his love, he gave it to us. But there's total knowledge. See, verse 15 says, he gives different talents, different weights, different amounts, if you will, to each of the three servants. Okay? And this is a large term because if it's a talent of silver, it's worth a lot of money. If it's a talent of gold, it's worth even more. We don't know. It's just a talent, a weight measure of what he gave them. Okay? But you see, the knowledge and the love of God comes out He says, he gave it each one according to his own ability. He didn't expect more from from one who couldn't do it than what he was able to do. He knew them, and so according to each one's ability, he gave that to him. In God's love, he gives us a talent. He may give us different gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says this, But one in the same spirit works In all of these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. In God's kingdom, he knows his servants. He knows us forward and backwards. Nothing surprises him. Uh, He knows who we are and what we're capable of. And he's gifted us and given us the responsibility of sharing the gospel according to our own ability. And each one uh, gets a gift or talent. And maybe some get more, uh, but you need to understand the best news is I'm not responsible for yours and you're not responsible for mine. We're responsible for our own. How much more loving could you be? That we're not giving what we can't handle, we're giving what we should be able to handle. We're not giving uh, worries over what somebody else is or isn't doing. 
We have to do what we're supposed to do. And that's a love of God. We're not responsible for others' gifts. Okay? And we need to understand that. But how will we handle that? Uh, uh, the Sunday school times uh, uh, carried a story uh, about, about a group in India. They were a group of children called the untouchables. They were lepers. Okay? And this, this Christian missionary was their Sunday school teacher and taught them and uh, told them that the other uh, people from England would be there uh, in time for Christmas and each one would get a present. They were so excited. And so, sure enough, on that, right before Christmas, the girls got a doll, the boys got a toy, and they were so happy and so grateful and thanked. They had the big celebration and feast. And a week or so later, the teacher was back and said, Now, you've received these gifts, and we're going to give gifts. Maybe your old toys, maybe something else you have. And there's another group on down the road that hasn't been reached yet, and we want you to to come by and, and give gifts. And so the children that next week began to file by and give gifts. And... Each one gave a doll or a toy, but not their old toys, not their dirty toys, but the brand new ones they just received two weeks prior. And the missionary said, no, no, you don't understand. Uh, you know, I told you to get your, your other stuff, not, not your brand new stuff. God doesn't expect you to give that. And they said these words to him. Look, God gave us his son. How can we not give him the best we have? Now listen to me, in this story of the parables, don't get caught up in how much everybody has or what they did. Get get up in what God expects is our best. To do our best, to be faithful to Him, that's what He requires. And that's really uh, the story of this. In responding to God's love, we trust Him and He trusts us to do the very best that we can. Some have different skills, different abilities, but we're supposed to use them for God's kingdom and for God's glory, and he's the one who's going to say, well done. Did you notice it didn't matter if the one who had five made five and the one who made two only had two? Each one was had the same reward. If the one with one would have made one, guess what? He would receive the same reward. Well done, good and faithful servant, come to the joy prepared of your master. See, that's what God expects from us. You see, I think that when you look at it, I think that this is not in Scripture, so this is free. That's what it's worth. You get that? I think when he was distributing the gifts, the one with one looked at it, and he didn't like it. Well, he treats me like that. He doesn't trust me. I only got one. That guy got five. That guy got two. But I'll show him. And so he compared himself with others and went and dug a hole. Maybe not. 2 Corinthians ten twelve reminds us of this. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. But if they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Don't be jealous of other believers that you think have some talent and if you just had it you'd be happy. Or you think that you know, they have this or that or you know, the other. You're not to compare yourself. The only one we compare ourselves is to Jesus and his faithfulness, and that's the goal we strive for. And we need to understand that. You see, there's God's love, and he's given us what we can handle. The second thing I see, there is labor. Look at verses 16 through 18. There is labor. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid it, 
and the Lord, he the Lord's money in it. See, there's labor. In other words, there's work. The one guy with five goes out, he trades, and, and because he's faithful, he makes five more. The one who, who gets two goes out, and he, he makes two more. They're doing the best for the master. You see, what they've done, they view their master with love. You don't hear either one of them saying, oh, he's a hard man, and he sows where he doesn't reap. They knew the master. I don't think that the third servant really knew the master. I don't think he really loved the master. You see, kingdom work is essential for our development. You need to understand we're not to just invest in this world. We're to invest in the kingdom of God. That's the thing that's eternal. That's the thing that lasts. That's the thing that matters. And we need to work with God's priorities in mind. But not only that, there's also waste. The only work that I think this third servant does is dug the hole. And if he was in Arkansas, in northern Arkansas, that was work for all the rocks. If he was over east of here where they have lots of soil and grow lots of rice, then it was pretty easy digging. But you see, he buried it. He didn't put it to use. It's not good for anybody. It didn't help anybody. He is not faithful but faithless. He doesn't really know the master. He doesn't want to please the master. You see, rather than use his talent to bless others, he hides it in a hole. Listen, whatever God's given us, we're responsible for. Don't hide it in holes. It's to be used for his glory to advance the kingdom. And we need to understand that. And we need to work for Jesus, uh, not wasting away, but to work for him in such a way that we're faithful in what he has given to us. The third thing, there's either loyalty or larceny. Loyalty or larceny. You see, we read down through here, we know that two were good stewards. Uh, there's a settling of accounts. Now, you need to understand something. One day Jesus is coming back and all the balances will be settled. And what is right, wrong will be made right. Okay? God's the one in control of that. And, and uh, uh, their master's more than generous. You see? He says, you're going to have not only this, I'm going to make you rule over much. Not just this little bitty paltry sum I gave you, but, but over a lot. Come into this joy that I have. And see, we, we're given a little bit here on earth. And, and God says, oh, you've been so good with it. I'm going to give you much. Come into the kingdom. Prepared for you. Somebody, yeah, amen, hallelujah. You see, there was a fellow that... I was asked, how can you afford to give so much? And he says, well, it works like this. I keep shoveling it out. God keeps shoveling it in, and his shovel's bigger than my shovel. Okay? And I think, I think that's right. With all the different blessings we have, whether it's health or, or, or whether it's uh, knowledge of the word or whether it's uh, money or whether it's uh, friends or just whatever God has given us, he blesses us with it. And when we use it for his kingdom and for his glory... He really blesses us. So these were good servants, okay? They were good stewards. But one was guilty. (laughs) This guy that hid his money must have been preparing this speech for the day he had to come back to his master. Now, can you see him going up there? Let's say he wrapped it in some kind of canvas bag or something, and it's sort of moldy and dirty, and he just unfolds it and lays it there before him and grins real big. And that speech he'd been rehearsing in his heart. He just lays it out there, accusing the master, even though he's a lazy servant, he's accusing the master that it was his fault. You don't, you don't 
You, you reap where you don't sow. You're a hard fellow. So there's your money. There's what's yours. I was afraid and I hid it in the ground. But you see, it ain't done anyone any good. Not the master, not his kingdom, not the servant, not the community, no one. Which is what the master intended it to do, was do good. You see, it doesn't matter how big our talents are, how small they are, how much we have, how much we don't have. If they're useful for God's kingdom, it's a blessing to all those around us. Do we understand that? That's what we're responsible for. You see, it should show up in how his priorities are reflected in our priorities. How his work is important to us. How those he loves, we love. That's what God expects. Not to hide it. Not to let it go unused. Because that's a sin. The fourth thing. There's either lasting reward or lasting lostness. See, verses 28 through 30 are are very sad. Take the talent from him. Give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast this unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, there's reward. These two that were so faithful with what they had to use it as God's glory were rewarded openly in front of everybody that was there when the master came back and settled accounts. There's coming a day when Jesus is coming back and accounts will be settled. But there's also lostness. See, he loses what he has and he faces judgment and separation from all good things. To some Americans, that seems harsh. He doesn't have but a little bit. Even what he has, you're taking away. And to him who has a lot, you gave it to him. And, and I puzzled over that, but you need to understand that was his choice. Because he thought it was his. To use or not use as he saw fit. To live as he wanted to live. And it wasn't. You see, we're given good things God reigns on the just and the unjust and brings his sun to shine on the just and the unjust. And those who don't realize that it's God who does the blessing, even that little bit of knowledge they had of God is taken away because they refuse to humble their hearts and accept Christ. They become hard and harsh and bitter. We need to ask, what are we doing With God's stuff. With the life he's given us. What will we stand before him and say? Lord you gave me this much. I work for you and there's this much that's yours. Lord here it is. I buried it and hid it. Nobody could get it. Nobody stole it. There it is. But it didn't do anybody any good. Let's bring it down to how does that apply to us? We know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We know the Savior of all the universe. 
And if we keep that to ourselves, what good does it do to anybody? Jesus said, we're the light of the world. He said, you don't light a, a candle and set it under a bushel basket. You know, we used to sing that. You know, let my light shine. You know, do, do, do. You know. He said, you don't do that. But you put it out so all the house can see. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. And yet, how much darkness do we see in our world? Not just out east or out west or up north, but how, many do we, how much darkness do we see right here? What are we doing with our light? He said, we're the salt of the world. But if the salt has lost its flavor, how can it be salted again? Now, some of the intellectuals said this is one of the things where the Bible is wrong because salt, sodium chloride, can't lose its saltiness. It's always salt. But what they didn't get was what Jesus was saying. In that day, salt wasn't pure like it is now. It had a lot of stuff mixed in it. And the more stuff you mixed in it, the less salt it had. And he said, what Jesus is saying is, look, that salt is so diluted that it's not good for anything but to be thrown out because it can't flavor food. It, it can't keep stuff from rotting. It can't cleanse wounds anymore because there's too much other impurities in it. And he's saying, if you're going to be the salt of the world, work for Jesus. Don't let the world drag you down to its level. And if we're responsible for what God has given us, what are we doing with the gospel of Jesus Christ? The gospel doesn't do any good if we just keep it in here and it never comes out here. We have so much hunger in our area. We try to remedy that through the food room and I'm glad for the food room. We do good work through there because we offer them a cup of cold water in Jesus' name. But see, while they're there, we're also supposed to say, this is in Jesus' name. We have drug abuse, alcohol abuse all around us. Are we trying to make a difference in our community with that? We have children who, the only kind word they ever get is when they come to Gasville Baptist Church. They live in horrible situations. And they don't always act exactly like we want them to act. But that's okay. They're where they're supposed to be. In God's house. Hopefully receiving God's love. We live in a dark world. Even in Baxter County. The most glorious place to live that I can think of. Because I agree with Brother Ronnie. God's let us live here in the prettiest place in the prettiest county in Arkansas. Okay. But you see there's still darkness. Unless we take the light out of this building and to the world. Unless we do that, we're like the servant that digs a hole and buries it. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you just need to come and rededication. It's not you've been out doing gross sins, but really you've been so weighed down by the world and so busy with how it distracts us because we all get distracted that maybe you haven't been doing exactly what you need to be doing for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you just want to come and rededication. 
Make sure you're shining your light. Make sure you're using your talent. Make sure what you have from God, you still realize is his to be used for his kingdom. Maybe you need to come and join this church. Or maybe you need to receive the light because you've never accepted Christ publicly as your personal Lord and Savior. You have every excuse in the world, but you still haven't walked that aisle. And you need to do that tonight. Because every time you come to church, God's bugging you about doing that. Maybe there are other decisions you need to pray for other folks that you know are in a hard way. I don't know, but God does. And whatever he's laid on your heart to do, do it tonight. Be that obedient servant, not the disobedient servant. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for how you work in our lives. And we just ask that we will be the good servants who glorify you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.